0: So in a way you are a researcher, you are a designer and you are again collaborating with people and making something that is going to have a life on its own, so it's not only a garment that is put on a body.
1: Welcome to Careers in Fashion.
2: and welcome to the LCF Careers and Fashion podcast. My name is Rachel Mansfield and I'm a member of the Graduate Futures team. I am here today in our brand new East Bank building uh, with all the hustle and bustle around us. Uh, today, we are joined by a very special guest, Ivana Gosperwit, an LCF alum who graduated in 2016 from the MA Costume Design for Performance course. Uh, since graduating, Ivana has collaborated with theaters, film production companies, and fashion magazines and has worked on exciting projects such as Emma, My Policeman and Queen Charlotte, which has her nominated for an Emmy Award this year for Outstanding Period Costume as an Assistant Costume Designer. So, congratulations. Ooh. congratulations. Ooh. Thank you very much. I am also joined today by some wonderful co-hosts, three students from the Costume Design for Performance and Hair, Makeup and Prosthetics for Performance courses. Uh, would you all like to introduce yourselves? Uh, Jessie, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, I'm Jessie Curry, and I'm on
3: the MA Costume Design for Performance course. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so I'm Tilly, also called Mati Bayerich, mm-hmm. but like, it's just like too difficult for people. Uh, and I'm a third-year student in costume design.
4: Hi, I'm Igor Paterovic. I'm a second-year student for hair, makeup, and prosthetics for performance.
2: Perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. yeah, they will be asking some burning questions today. Um, but just to get us started, let's just start with the basics. Mm. Uh, Ivana, why did you choose to be a costume designer?
0: Oh, I was I was reading these questions yesterday, and I was really thinking this is like the first question ever for everybody to ask, like why particularly costume design. And you know, there it seems that there there is an easy answer, but there isn't because once when you start exploring a bit more about the costume design, uh, you you get to know more layers and and, um, Mm. more interesting uh, parts about it, so it's not only about the fashion, but it's about narration, it's about telling the story, it's about the research, so each of the projects is is a new one, it's a new field, so you're learning a lot Um, and you're pushing your own boundaries, so in a way you are a researcher you are a designer and you are again collaborating with people on making something that is gonna have a life on its own so it's not only a garment that is put on a body, it has much deeper meaning in a way so I think all of these layers are quite interested, interesting in when choosing to do this profession
2: Yeah, definitely. So when, um, obviously so there's lots of layers, but when you first started did you were you sort of always set on costume or did you sort of start from a fashion
0: perspective and sort of drift that way? I kind of did because my BA course was in costume and stage design together. So I did my bachelor degree in Prague at a university called ZAMU. So we had both stage, well, scenography and costume together. So I had one big um, design idea that would work both in space and on the person. So it was more from this pace perspective that I got into costume. Uh, Of course, like the fashion was always very interesting. But Mm. um, and and you do need to have a good base in knowing fashion history and the garment construction and everything surrounding the fashion. But that wasn't my way in.
2: Yeah, nice. Um, And just sort of generally in your day to day, are you
0: more focused on the designing, the making of the costumes, better both? Well, I mean, that that really depends on your job role, mm-hmm. it's like a job, but mostly as assistant designer in movies and TV, you do work on all of it, well, you're not making, but you have teams of makers and cutters that you communicate with, you do kind of supervise them as well. Sometimes um, in some of the jobs I had to supervise the whole workroom, sometimes I just needed to communicate with the cutters during the fittings. So. Mostly, as a system designer, you are designing, helping and uh, helping a designer, and uh, supervising the, the workroom. But sometimes you do have a supervisor, especially for the workroom, but again, you are in communication with them. So it's kind of on all of the fields. And then at the same time, you have to communicate with people who are on set, from set supervisors, standbys, um, even um, alteration people that come to do the last fittings or the dressing on set. So yeah, it's quite it's it's the communication yeah. between almost everyone. So
2: yeah. That's interesting. Is it something for sort of the students of these courses to keep in mind of like what is the aspect that they like more is it the designing, the communicating, the sort of running of, of the workroom sort of part that they enjoy, or is it the actual physical making of the garments that they enjoy to well, sort of like dictate yeah, which de- direction they sort of take it?
0: Definitely, and especially if you do choose to be a maker, you you do have to um, invest a lot of time mm-hmm. In that, it particularly if you're, if you want to be really good in particular style of costume, or if it's women's wear or men's wear, if it's corsetry, if it's laundry, if it's uh, if it's just accessories, we had people that uh, work in costume props that create like armory. Sometimes they, they they mold leather a lot. They create jewelry very often, helmets. So it's it's quite very well. It's very broad. Mm. So it's it's nice when somebody can try different roles and then maybe decide what they prefer, or maybe sometimes in between jobs I have friends who do like to change the role, if possible, so. Definitely,
2: lots of variety then.
0: Yeah.
2: All right. perfect. So, uh, Tilly is going to take the next section, she's going <laughs> to have some questions on the highs, the lows, and uh, future goals.
3: Yeah, so, it would be so great to hear what has been your favorite job or project uh, you've worked on so far in your career.
0: Well, I was thinking about this as well, but when it comes to movies and TV, I have to say my policeman was amazing experience. Well, each of the jobs is amazing experience, and it all ha- each of the jobs has its own downfalls and high times and uh, exciting times and very depressing times. But <laughs> it's 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 okay. But my policeman just happened to be very um, I wouldn't say easy job, but very enjoyable job because. Um, we had enough time for the preparation it was a time of the s- no third lockdown so i we didn't have anything else except work <laughs> in that way so, and the shops were just try- uh, just opening so we had time to really look into fabrics really have enough time for the fittings um, Um, Then we stayed for a month and a half in Brighton all of the crew together because we were filming there as well And because of Covid again, we were all staying in one hotel and it it was very nice sustainable kind of cast and crew and um, Yeah, it was really really interesting and a nice project to
3: work on That's great. So on the the flip side What was your most difficult job or the one you liked the least? Well, I, I wouldn't particularly say that it's one but each of them Um, have
0: its own downfalls especially when it comes to production base and organization and uh, a lot of parts in communication that sometimes don't work well so I would say that each of my jobs had something (laughs) that was quite bad about it but at the same time when you have amazing team and all of you are very clear in communication with each other then that's that's your film family and Film family helps you go through everything together, so that's, that's quite important.
3: Is there, is there anything like you would refuse to do now that you felt you could not refuse earlier in your career? Oh yeah, I was thinking about this um,
0: question as well. I think it's mostly about boundaries and setting the boundaries in the beginning. Maybe you don't have to be the best friend with everyone, but you still have to learn the way to communicate politely with everyone as well and to be open so it, it just I, I feel that in the beginning it seems that you have to be the best friend with everyone and you do have to be a, a good person and um and try to do your job the best and not um, try and set your foot to somebody else but um yeah i think that's one that's one one of the, the segments plus it's very hard to say this, but it's very hard, hard to navigate the work and um, life balance, and that's something that I'm still learning how to do, especially with very long hours that we do, but I would say that some, that's something that even the new people coming to the industry should just allow themselves some time for themselves during the weekend or like doing some little, little treats for yourself when you can, because it's, it can become very exhausting and it's very
3: easy to burn out. Okay, so like you talked about, like set boundaries. So, like which kind of boundaries did you set? Ooh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said, you don't have to be the best friend with everyone. Not everybody, you don't have to answer everybody's personal questions that they ask about you because you are working in the environment that is very close and physically close. And um, the people do tend to get. Easily in other people's lives or to maybe ask something that you don't have to necessarily answer So that's what I'm saying. You can keep you can keep your privacy okay in a way and uh, And you can still be good at your job and plus One of my well not one a lot of my best friends come from this industry as well And it's really nice to be able to work with them. So you are capable of meeting people that you can Enjoy spending time with, even in a personal life, like in a private life, rather than only at work. But it's, I think it's mostly about that that kind of sets of
3: but like, like privacy, yeah. job. Okay, right. Is there anything like new costume designers should avoid, apart from like setting like maybe like boundaries as like privacy? Should, like for example, should we avoid to do like free commissions when we start our career?
0: Well, in In that case, I would say that, because unfortunately the industry does have that part that asks for no, no payment very often, that if that's needed to be done, that's the best to be done while at uni, if you have any collaborations with the other students that are not particularly paid. But as soon as you get into industry, even as a trainee, you have to be paid. Mm-hmm. So that's something that everybody should be aware of. You can't be asked to do something just for a mere experience. I mean, you can if you're doing it as, um, as a collaboration with the other artists that both of you are not gaining at that particular moment anything from it rather than just um, um, just a nice project to work on or maybe to commission it for something else in the future. But if you're working for a production company, you do have to be paid. Yeah. So that's something that everybody should be
3: aware of okay so congratulations on being Emmy nominated to you to, uh, for your work on queen charlotte following this, following this success what is your what is next step for you um, i have to say i don't really know because <laughs> <laughs> because i i've just wrapped on the job last friday
0: and um the last couple of months were very tough for the people in the industry because the strikes were happening in in america and then that had like a very Long consequences for the people working in the industry here and across Europe, so a lot of my friends well most of my friends didn 't have any work. Uh, the stuff is just starting up at the moment, but we still don't know until next year and um, yeah I'm, I'm sure that the industry will start off again, but i'm not quite sure what is the next step to be honest and the next te- next step is just to have some some time for myself and for a little holiday and um, I'm traveling to LA um, uh, in January for this um, Emmy's ceremony so that's going to be interesting and then we'll see when I come back if there is work or not. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I suppose that's a good bit of advice for like, students to take away that I mean you could see quiet time as being you know quite panic-inducing like oh gosh I don't, I don't have anything like to go into but actually if you have just come off the back of a really busy project I mean, take it as a silver lining, you've got that time to sort of like reset, take time for yourself. Like you say, the working hours can be quite crazy, so it's sort of like forcing you to take that time to relax. Um, but also, on the flip side, to bear in mind that it can be quite a tumultuous industry, what with strikes obviously they don't happen often, but when they do happen, they can have a massive knock-on effect. So just, I guess, being aware of the entire context of the whole picture of the industry is a good thing for students to take away. Um, But yes, we're now going to move on to Jessie who's got some questions uh, more specifically about finding work in the industry, so Jessie, take it away. Thank you. Um, So you had mentioned a few times I think the
1: importance of good communication in this role as a costume designer or costume assistant. I'm curious what kind of other social skills or maybe even tactical skills you feel like
0: are really crucial for the job? Well definitely as I said good communication in between people then Um, good organization skills as well and the way how to clearly communicate to to people that you're working with or even the people that are the the part of the crew but in the other departments as well because it's very important especially as when you're working as a system designer or a costume designer you do have to communicate with actors and DOPs and uh, directors as well so you do have to be quite open and good in communication and definitely work ethic as well <laughs> a good work ethic uh, then precision is really important I, I know that sometimes that can um, that, that can have a downfall of perfectionism in a way so you do have to be open for changes as well because it's not only about the costume but It's about the collaboration. It's about the purpose of that garment on on the actor or if it's restrictive Maybe it's it's a good thing. Maybe it's not a good thing. So I think you have to be Open for changes and not only set in one mindset. So you do have to be Good communi- communicator and good in um, communicating your ideas and trying to stay like in well, or, or at least like close to them, but then at the same time to be open for changes. Mm-hmm. So, and like open for transformation.
1: Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah, be willing to adapt, but yeah. still be passionate enough about your ideas to advocate for them, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that sounds challenging to be able to <laughs> distinguish <laughs> the two depending on the context. Um, and maybe this is part of something like that would be challenging for a young designer, um, trying to discern when to really advocate for an idea or when to um really take a step back and stay open to um, feedback but that yeah leads me to my next question is just is there a part of the job that maybe you didn't expect when you were a young designer that you
0: think other designers should know about who are just starting out well i I have to say that the experience is super important like especially it's like at uni you do get to spend some time with your own ideas and your creative flow which is amazing but then at the same time it's really important for you to collaborate with the other either designers other departments uh, to get if you want to work in films to reach the people who are studying film to maybe do some collaborations together because that's the best way of, of learning how to communicate and yes what I definitely didn't know is that big names like big companies don't need to mean that the production will have the best organization. And that's something that I was very surprised by, but it is what it is. So um, you can can expect to see that kind of human side in everyone, which is something that maybe necessarily when you're younger, you think that, oh no, these people are so big, or these people are so well at their jobs, which they are, but they're still human. So it's nice to see that human side that makes me just curious
1: is if there's a time where like you and your team are operating like a really tight ship but yeah the other maybe departments or dynamics of the greater like production system are a little off mm-hmm. how do you navigate that as a team like what can you really do in those instances
0: well again the communication to be honest because for example if you are waiting for the answer from producers or director on something particular that you can't continue your job from you do have to con- continue asking the question until you get an answer, because, and you can, you have to let them know that you can't do your job properly until you get the answer back. So you, you can work very well as your team, but you still have to communicate with everybody outside, and especially if that's influencing your, your work, so. And sometimes you just have to take a step back and wait for another day and, <laughs> <laughs> and then work from there but yeah I mean it's, it's a bit confusing answer I get it but <laughs> yeah it's just in
2: like work like this where there are so many teams that are collaborating I think you just need to understand what is within your control and what isn't there's only so much you can do to like enforce other people's work schedule so as long as you know what you are doing and you are working to the schedule that's been agreed upon that's sort of all you can do and not allow like other people's planning to like negatively impact on yourself because there's only so much that you can control there's no point of sort of like taking on that stress um, and yeah like you say communicating but also respecting like other people's time like there's maybe a good reason that that department's not coming back to you so just yeah communicate stay respectful at the end of the day everyone's sort of looking to achieve the same goal so sorry just nice. my two cents on the <laughs> 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 thank you
1: Um, So costume design and making often rely on freelance jobs Mm -hmm. or gigs which can be really challenging to gain consistency with. We kind of mentioned this a little bit with a strike and maybe trying to find the the next job. Um, I'm curious if you could speak to how you navigated that freelance life and finding work in those early career days and what does work look like for you now, like
0: on a daily basis, monthly, annually? I have to say that really changes every year, to be honest, but I was really lucky enough last couple of years to have a consistent job. And um, it was a bit tricky during the lockdown times, and especially like during the COVID, because everything has stopped. So you, in that, that kind of situation, you have to be adaptable in a way how you can use your own skill set for something that is not necessarily working in film and TV. Um, which in my case was designing for a couple of um, army production companies. So it was more about uniforms and um, tactical wear. But anyway, so the question from the beginning, um, um, it's hard to find those first contacts. And that's why I was mentioning that it's very important while you're still a student to maybe try and reach people that you would like to collaborate with. Um, Then when we had the graduation show at Salinas Wells, uh, we were able to ask people to come to invite people to come and that is my way how I got into contact with a couple of designers that I really wanted to work with and then after after the graduation show we stayed in contact and then when I really started wanted to start working I did send them emails and I asked I asked if they had any work but it doesn't necessarily have to be like that I know a couple of my friends that have been trying to get, get contacts of agents of designers they really want to work with and then just sending their email with their CV and asking for work and I have to say they were successful so I, I know that it's a hard thing to do and to get yourself into, um, into that first row of communication with somebody that you really admire but I think it's very, it's very important to ask because unfortunately in our industry nobody does come to your door and knock. Mm. And ask you like how would you like to work with us? of course like there there are definitely examples of people that were very lucky with work in that kind of sense but I think it's just um, trying to gain as many contacts as possible while you're still a student learning where would you like to go next and of course um, you don't have to necessarily communicate only with the designers but if you want to be a maker there are there Are a couple of costume higher end making houses as well that do sometimes do apprenticeships and internships and uh, short term contracts, so where you can learn how to do fittings and how to pull the costumes, like for example, Angels uh, or Cosbrook or even Carlomancy sometimes? So, yeah, I think there there are ways, but again, uh, the communication and maybe emailing people is the best way. Yeah, we um. Last year we had uh, another
2: podcast about sort of like the yeah sort of like the film industry the performance industry uh, with another LCF alum Amy Easter and that's another thing that she said when asked a similar question is just email just find find email addresses and just email 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 um, yeah. you know you just got got to keep knocking at every door that's sort of in front of you um, because eventually someone will open it and that will lead to an opportunity but. Like I so, the door's not just going to open, so you need to put yourself in front of it. Um. Yeah, and that kind of leads to my next question,
1: which is just about the film industry being notorious for word of mouth, mm. essentially helping um, be the glue that kind of keeps the industry together and helps um, people find out about opportunities. And I'm wondering how you got your first job within film. Was it through word of mouth in a similar fashion?
0: Well, it, it was for the word word of mouth, but it was exactly one of the designers that I invited for the show, mm. graduation show, and then um, because there is the other tricky part of working out in arts industry, especially if you are the freelancer, as if you are an international student, it's very hard to stay in this country on a freelance basis, and that's something that has been changing in the last couple of years. Which I heard that it's really good because now you have some graduation scheme that you can, after graduation, you can stay but um, unfortunately this wasn't the case for me when I was finishing uni so I had to find work visa to be sponsored for me so I haven't been able to start working in film industry for at least like two to three years after graduation so even for the contacts that I had I still I wasn't allowed to work as a freelancer so that's something that you have to be open to navigate as well as like what if this is not the first option what is the second option or what is the plan, how to, how to work it out, and eventually work in the industry. But yes, my first proper uh, film job was for one of the designers that came to see my graduation show, and um, she got me to be her costume assistant, and yeah, that was the beginning. Amazing. But I mean, like that was like three years afterwards, so I did send her an email, and then eventually she called me. So. Wow, so you just have to
1: keep planting lots of seeds, it sounds and like. <laughs> creating, yeah, <laughs> waiting for them to grow. I imagine that's pretty different to how you find work now that you're more established, you have an Emmy nomination, you have like contacts. How does work come to you now or do you end up
0: seeking out
1: work you know proactively still?
0: But, mm, well mostly I'm working with the same team and the same designers so uh, when there is work they ask me to do it with them which is a nice thing to do but it could be. Um, I'm finding myself in a situation that I would like to maybe branch out a bit as well, so I'll I'll see what is the next step. But I would like to kind of meet a bit more people as well. Mm. But yeah, th- the work is coming as long as there is work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and this is a kind of particular question that um, I've come across just reading about different kinds of design roles within film and indi- different um, aspects of industry, but. At what point do you feel like it's important for a costume designer to be represented
0: by an agency? Uh, I have to say that um, agents are super helpful, but uh, it seems that that comes to a bit more senior levels. So, because there is not that many a- agents for costume designers, the ones that, that exist are quite, are working with very high profile people mostly. So, Um, I I still don't have an an agent, but there was there were some talks, so we'll see. But I think that for the beginning and for design students, I don't think that um, agent is the first uh, person that you go and Mm -hmm. and ask for work. So
1: So we've kind of alluded to film having long hours Mm -hmm. and the importance of setting boundaries, but I'm wondering if you could walk us through what a daily hour-by-hour yeah, okay. experience might look like working in film?
0: Well, it's mostly every day is different, but let's say if you start from a day when you start filming already, so sometimes in prep the days will look differently because you're probably going to take a bit more time to do the research, which is really nice, then a bit more time to do fabric sampling, um, planning strategically how you're going to well um, do everything, going through the schedules, Um, communicating again the director, I mean that's all in prep and I mean it still continues while you're working on the project, while we're filming, but it just gets a bit more busy. So for example if I'm on set to establish costumes in the morning, uh, very often we have very early morning calls around 4 or 5 a.m., I would probably be there when the first actor is dressing together with our standbys, costume standbys and costume tracks supervisor then i'll wait until the costume is established or seen by a director or if something has to be changed we change it then most probably during that day we'll have some more fittings. so either i'm going to go back to the office to do the fittings or we do the fittings in uh, somewhere in hotel like like the third base or we're going to have the fittings on set which sometimes is useful but not very useful when you need to do it um in inside of the trailers, and you're working on 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 a movie that it's a bit more period based. So these big costumes and crinolines or corsets and everything else, all of the layers have to be put inside of the trailer. So <laughs> it's, it's not it's it's not the easiest thing to do, but if it's needed, it, ha- it can happen. Then it can happen that again you have to go back to set because there is the, the other new costume that's being established, or there is something that has to be changed that director might ask you to do, and then kind of changes the rest of your day. Then you, you talk to um, a um, designer if she wants to change anything or you talk to designer about the lineup and then you as assistant designer, you communicate with the truck supervisor about the lineup for the next couple of days and then you go through little bits and pieces if something is missing. You communicate with buyers if that's what's missing needs to be, be bought for tomorrow or like next week. And um, then, for example, schedule might change or the script might change. So you have to go through the script again and see what the differences are. If the date has been moved and you don't have time to make something new, uh, you have to see if you can repurpose one of the costumes. Um, then, yeah, I completely forgot. If I'm having fittings, I have to communicate with one of the makers, in that case, of the team that is working for that character. So it's, it's quite, diff- like, different. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: and if with day. all of that, that's a huge day. What time would you usually end? If you started at
0: 4 a.m., like what's an average versus like a really long day? Like 6, 7, the best case scenario. And it could go until 8 or 9. So so relish those rider strikes. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to need the break.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Thank you. That's so helpful to hear. Thank all thank the you. little
2: details of
1: yeah, what it's, the reality is like that's yeah. what is different about being in a program that you know we have all this freedom for creativity and these like timelines that are you know laid out in front of us and then in the reality it's like a lot more yeah fast changes and being adaptable so it's yeah, really very
0: being very adaptable and especially of course Uh, designers are different as well it could be that some assistants are doing their job differently than I do but I have to say that I was lucky enough to be given a lot of responsibility um, from designers that I worked for so they do give me like my own autonomy in a way so and that does help rather than being feeling being micromanaged but sometimes you know sometimes people do adapt better to environments that are managing them rather than them managing the environment. So of course it's it's very it's it's a very different job for different people, and um, it's mostly about again communication and respect. <laughs> and of course I forgot to say something that um, new designers should definitely um, work on uh, is uh, being. Well, being open to be responsible, to take responsibility for your actions and credibility for what you, what you are open to do and want to do and what you have done, for example, even if it's a mistake. Because that's something that I do see in the industry a bit, that people very often don't take credibility for their own mistakes or try to put it on somebody else. And that's okay as well, Like mistakes happen, especially in a fast pace. Um, um, industry that we work in but it I mean the taking responsibility is quite important
2: definitely as we've said in like an industry that is so word of mouth who you know it's a very small industry so you know people are going to know other people you don't want to be labelled as the person who passes the buck and like puts blame on other people because that's not a person you want to work with so um yeah definitely having a bit of, like uh, say um Credibility and um, integrity. That's the word I'm looking for yeah. integrity. <laughs> yeah, it goes a long way.
1: And then, maybe my last question, just to kind of wrap <laughs> up this section, because I could go on forever, but um, yeah, what advice would you give for emerging designers that are looking for work? You kind of mentioned emailing, knocking on doors, um, but is there any yeah, last advice that you would give students looking for work?
0: Well, definitely to be adaptable. To know that the first job that you get is not—it doesn't need to mean that that's your last job in a way. That that's the role that you have to do. That it's okay sometimes to say no. That it's uh, that the work and life balance is important. So it's it's important to know that you can still have a life or try to have a life while you're working. Then to be to be open for um, to be open and. Um, in, in a good communication with the people you are working with to be proactive when working in them as well because um, everybody likes people that are open to, to push their boundaries and help them as much as possible and even if you're um, if you're when you're working in film and TV if, if your job role is one thing but then you see that the rest of the team is struggling it's nice to offer if you have an, a possibility and time to help them with their own tasks because It's about the team mostly, not about individual. So, yeah. To
2: add on that as well, I'd say, sort of any experience is good experience. Obviously I'm not speaking as an expert in this industry, but just in general when it comes to job searching, don't turn down a job because it's not exactly the direction that you want to end up in. If it's even loosely related, it's better to take that and get that experience and take it for all it's worth to then have it on your CD, to then be able to sort of fit it to sort of, you know, fit the next role that you're going for. So don't count things off just because it's not specifically exactly what you want your sort of end destination to be. Um, but yeah, that was all fantastic advice for yeah, students and graduates sort of like looking to enter the industry. Uh, we've touched on it a lot already, sort of the topic of collaboration between teams. Uh, the Ego's got some more questions, sort of more specifically, about hair, makeup and prosthetics.
4: Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, asking as a hair, makeup and, uh, and prosthetics student, what is it like collaborating with the hair and makeup department? Well, I mean, it's, it's quite important.
0: <laughs> yes. And it's because you're working on one image <clears throat> of the character together. So very often, of course, in the beginning, you're going to have the meetings together, sometimes together with director as well. Um, when I do have fittings, I mostly communicate straight uh, to, uh, to make-up designer as well, so we are on the same page, what needs to happen. Very often if you're working on like, prosthetics like wounds or uh, cuts or some particular makeup that is on a body, it's very important for both of you to do the fittings at the same time, so you know where the, what placement of, for example, wounds would be, or um, to find a solution. You know how that actor will be dressed in the end. Who is going to do the makeup? Uh, well, who is, if the makeup is going to be the first thing, or the costume is going to be the first thing on, and yeah, it's it like the collaboration go through uh, goes through a lot of stages. So, through just design to the functional ones that you need for call, call times for the morning. So, it's yeah. it's very important.
4: Yeah, and then um, are there any specific things you think both sides could do to make sure that the process goes more smoothly? Oh, definitely just open communication, yeah. So, n- nothing else, and um, just work from there. <laughs> yeah, <you're> right. <laughs> um, perfect. Uh, when collaborating with other teams, uh, apart from hair and makeup, what are the difficulties that you uh, have to compromise on?
0: Well, as we have mentioned before, sometimes it can be that one of the departments has uh, well, is experiencing some uh, difficulties in organization or uh, difficulties with something that doesn't have. To be connected to our department, but that's why it's very, as we spoke earlier, Rachel mentioned as well, is to to be open and um, clear in communication, but adaptable as well to somebody else's time. Then, of course, respectful of everybody's work ethic and mm-hmm. and um, and the calendar as well. So, yeah, it's it's quite. But again, it comes back to the communication and being uh, set on your ideas but then open again to change and adapt com- seeing what's what's possible what's happening that day for example instead maybe they have to change um, change uh, scenes order which sometimes is fine but sometimes has very bad knockoff effect on costume and makeup then it's about oh what can we do to still make it as we wanted to make it so it's it's about knowing sometimes to say no as well, mm-hmm. if that's completely compromising uh, the time and the costume that has been made, but sometimes as well to offer them something as, as a solution, rather than only
4: saying no. So uh, Of course, it's all about helping each other at yeah, the end exactly. of the day. Yeah, of course. Um, and of course you're a costume designer rather than a hair and makeup artist, but as someone who works closely with these artists in different departments, um, is there any advice from your perspective that you would give to someone uh, in the hair, makeup and prosthetic uh, department? Yeah, I think it's very similar to the costume students. Uh,
0: so collaboration while still students, reaching out people that you admire and you would like to work with or under who you would like to learn from as well. So I think it's very similar. Just mm-hmm. trying to collaborate and create as many contacts as possible. Okay. and to Probably email, email designers to people, as well in yeah.
4: agents, yeah. Of course, perfect. Thank you very much. Thank you. Amazing. So,
2: got a couple of last questions that sort of just didn't really fit into uh, any of the other sections, um, so Eva's going to uh, kick us off with this last
4: miscellaneous question. Yes. Um, so how often can you be sustainable in your practices and your processes, and how do you include sustainability in your process?
0: Well, sustainability is quite important for the film industry and in the last couple of years, um, the industry is really trying to to get a uh, good s- sustainability level. Like, For example, there is a company called Albert that gives the certificates and uh, advises on how the production to be sustainable as possible. Um, costume department has ways of staying sustainable, which are, for example, when there is a possibility of um, Reusing the garment even if it's uh, made garment for one of the main characters if you can reuse it in some other scenes Rather than throwing it away or just putting it to the side and forgetting about it It's really good then the costume hire houses are really good places as well to start pulling from and to use and reuse costumes as much as possible especially for the crowd Um, very often after productions are um, um, we try and well production try and sell out costumes or garments that we still have that sometimes we just pass by to other production which is again really good because they can use it as their stock so that clothes again has like a new life then it, it, uh, it comes the same with um, some of our kit um, when our production is not working anymore and for example none of our team is working again then we do pass by our kit as well to other productions, so from rails to steamers, um, hangers, um, just dividers, labels. So we do try and stay as sustainable as possible, but sometimes, of course, that's, that's not uh, very possible. But yeah, I think um, there, is, there is a good mission in hands now uh, when it comes to industry, when everybody's trying to be as sustainable. Possible.
4: Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. It's lovely to hear that everyone's trying the best to make sure everything's sustainable as possible. So, yeah. thank you.
3: And I'm just curious, to you know, like, what do you think about art and, e- and education? And I like, do you think that the education system supports art kids enough? Well, I mean,
0: as you said, you're from France. I'm from Serbia, and I used to live in Czech Republic, in Belgium, and in the UK. And each of these countries has a different system. And I have only did my masters. Um, here in the UK, so I can't, I, I can't really have a big opinion because I haven't been in the situation where when I was in primary or secondary school in this country to see what kind of approach uh, do people have to art and art as a subject at school. Um, I do have I have, do an have opinion that most of the countries in Europe and the um, and in the world, very often don't look
3: at arts as... as a good a, thing. Yeah, as a good... Well, no, not as a good thing, but as a primal education. Yeah, exactly, we all like, prefer us to be like doctors or lawyers or anything like well, that.
0: I mean, but it comes from the house as well. It comes from the family. Yeah. So, for example, I don't know, I would say that Europe has really um, a big and respectful thing for the arts. But, I mean, it's very important to see that um, there are opportunities for people to work in arts, and um, and that the UK still has amazing hub of m- people from coming from different origins, making amazing uh, collaborations and projects, and they're still able to live and create and sustain them, their lives in this uh, in this city and in this country. So I still don't think it's that. Bad approach, but I think it's quite layered question, and probably we'll have to only talk about it for a couple of hours. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's a tricky one. Yeah,
3: Yeah.
1: and actually, I just want to respond really quickly to that point because Mm -hmm. it's actually one of the reasons that drew me here to the UK. This program that I'm in, the MA Costume Design for Performance, is really unique in that it positions costume as a communication tool in itself. So it could be you know, more of an art piece, essentially. Um, and I feel that more recognized here in the UK by like, institutions and other academic organizations in the UK. And yeah, that's just like my
2: personal perspective. I mean, I think you know, almost all countries and governments would take pride like, in the art that comes from their country. I think there's no one that is like, anti-art, but when it comes down to sort of like politics and I guess the education system, there are budget cuts. Arts do seem to be the first ones to go. So sort of, there's this big appreciation and you want to show it off. But when it comes down to yeah. it, they're not really willing to invest in it above something else. So I think, you know, there's definitely that discussion there sort of to be had. But like I say, that could be a own podcast and, you know. <laughs> <there's> <laughs> <that always laughs> I want to be here for another hour? <laughs> but, <please stop laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think it's a really interesting question. Um, But yeah, moving on to our very last question of the podcast, Jesse.
1: My last question um, was what's one final message that you would like to share with our students that you wish you would have known going into the industry?
0: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as I said earlier, I think setting some boundaries and maybe non-negotiables in the beginning would be quite good. Then clear communication um eagerness to work and then at the same time to know where where your boundaries are and of course to to try and do as many roles as possible if that's something that you're interested in because then you're going to be able uh, to learn each you know like how, how to communicate with all of the roles in, in costume department and yeah not to be afraid to uh reach out people
2: Perfect. Well, if anyone um, is looking for a fun drinking game, listening to this podcast and having a drink anytime communication or communicating, <laughs> that will get you well on the way. <laughs> I think that's basically just highlighting how important that is, not just in this industry, but just in general. When you're entering the workplace, communication skills, it's, it's thought of as a soft skill, but it's really really crucial to any job in any industry in the world like even if you were self-employed you still need to communicate with people so um yeah i think that takeaway if you're going to take one thing (laughs) from this podcast (laughs) communicate (laughs) 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 perfect well thank you so so much for being here Yvana. this has been fantastic it's been super interesting i'm sure um you guys would also agree this has just been Really interesting to listen to, and um, yeah, just to everyone that is listening, um, this has been the Graduate Futures team. If you have questions, you're looking for support on your career or enterprise journey, uh, you can find us on Moodle or you can email us. Um, again, we're the Graduate Futures team, um, and yeah, just a big thank you to everyone again for being here, taking the time every day on this very early Monday morning at East Bank. Thank you so much. Thank you.